If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It goes down. It goes down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with, with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I am interviewing Nick Snap, productivity strategist and podcaster from MakeItSnappyShow.com. In an era where overtime is expected and overwhelm is normal, Nick combines productivity with purpose for entrepreneurial moms and dads who want their time back. He's the owner of Inspire Me Solutions, providing innovative coaching, training, and consulting services to entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs who want to get the right things done. He's also the host of the Make It Snappy Productivity Show podcast. His faith fuels his love for people, culture, language learning, and his passion for working productivity and living deliberately. Nick is a certified project management professional, a Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt with a BS in mechanical engineering from the University of South Florida, an MS in mechanical engineering from Union College in Schenectady, New York, and an MBA from the University of Florida. He and his wife, Nazik, have two small boys, Carter, Ethan, and baby Nico, who was 
board just five months ago. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here, Seth. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in the Tampa area. So I've pretty much been in this area for my whole life. I took about a four-year stint, went up to the northeast for a while, and came on back to raise a family. And what did your parents do? My dad was in sales, so he was gone on average about three or four days a week, and my mom was uh, stay-at-home for the majority of her career. So any inkling when you were young that becoming a productivity expert and podcaster was where you're going to end up? The only inkling was I always kind of had an entrepreneurial bug inside of me. You know, at 12 years old, I my dad and I built a cart for a three-wheel bike, like the kind that old people ride around in retirement homes. We built a <laughs> cart, and I put my lawn equipment in the back of the cart, and I was driving around the neighborhood. I was the only kid that did that sort of thing, so everybody saw me. It was like free marketing, right, just going from customer to customer. I was mowing lawns. And pulling weeds. So I did that from 12 years old all the way through high school. Never had like an official um, grocery store type of thing. And at the end of my high school career, I guess I was mowing 30 lawns a week and I ended up selling the business for, I don't know, like $2,500 to go off to college. So that was my entrepreneurial inkling from a productivity perspective. That was a learned skill, Seth, because I'm not a naturally productive person. I had to do it out of necessity to be able to spend the time with my family that I that I need to do. And that's why I feel like I'm effective at, at teaching it. That Well, congratulations on having your first uh, business started and successfully exited at some right. young age. So many people don't even make it that far. So you were ahead of the curve when you were young. How did you get started in business after school? Well, in business after school, I went to corporate. I spent 14 years in corporate. My dad was a sales guy, like we talked about. And I just didn't know any entrepreneurs. I knew I had that that bug inside of me because I had done it at such a young age, but I just pushed it all down because I didn't really know any different. And I wouldn't trade the experience. So, you know, I, I was trained as an engineer. So I learned process, continuous improvement, and project management methodology through my career in engineering for 14 years. I spent time in the nuclear industry and in the phosphate industry, and I really fell in love with this idea of, like, taking a this amorphous, conceptual idea, bringing a team together around that idea, and then executing effectively. So that was my project management experience. And I just, I had pushed it down for so long, it kind of exploded about when I was about 30, about 32 years old, and I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I had to go out and try this thing that I've been having in the back of my mind. So I went off and decided that I was going to start a business. And I was originally going to do Lean Six Sigma studies, which is uh, going into different organizations and figuring out where the waste and the defects are. And that's that's really how I set my business up. And I got work like three days after I quit my job officially, and I was out of the house. I was away from my family for four weeks, and at that point I decided, you know, I can't, I can't live this consulting life. I can't be away from my family for four weeks. That's just not how I'm wired. It's not how I'm built. And I decided to take all those skills that I learned and apply it to personal effectiveness. And that's how I got into the productivity space. And talk a little bit about how that business started, how you grew, how you got clients, how you served them. Yeah, it started with I, when I was out in California, just miserable being away from my family. It was a really good vacation for like a week and a half. And then I said, after about that time, I really, really started missing it. So I found a coach, like just um, organically, by coincidence, when I was out there. And the project was in L.A. and I live in Tampa, so I was pretty far away from home. 
and I started working with the coach and went through the process of like, what am I really, really good at? And it's just the process mindset that I have as an engineer, always being really effective at getting the right things done, which is how I define productivity came to the surface then. And uh, deciding that productivity is going to be it. So what, what sort of niche, you know, arm, sub-niche, sub-category productivity would I feel like I'd be the most effective in? And it was taking the home and the work life, taking that together and applying all those principles to, to the whole picture. Because moms and dads have so much going on. Everybody's complaining about not having enough time in the day. And it doesn't take long for me to, to dig in and figure out how to exploit those opportunities. So the first thing I did was trying to understand, like, do I even want to do this, this coaching consulting? I didn't really know what to call it back then. Coaching is a pretty popular word now, but when I was first getting started, I never really even heard of coaching. Um, and I just put myself out there and said, hey, look, I'm just trying to feel this thing out, see if I'd be any good at it. And I had like maybe 20, 25 conversations over six weeks just kind of testing the waters for free and see how I like it. Kind of fell in love with it, and I started picking up clients that way. And it's, it's been growing ever since. That is awesome. Who is an ideal client for you? I love working with full-time entrepreneurs. I thought, Seth, I'd like working with entrepreneurs, but the experience I've been having, and I've been at this now for 15 months full-time, is that the entrepreneurs, like 90% of them out there, they talk a really, really good game. But when it comes to taking action, it's just there's so much fear built up around that that I haven't had a lot of um, – a lot of follow-through with the entrepreneurs. But the full-time entrepreneurs who have already taken the leap and are committed to really figuring out how to get the right things done and they have all these overwhelming tasks, a million different things coming at them at once, not really knowing what to do and how to work them, setting up the processes and the systems to make these full-time entrepreneurs more effective, that's what I enjoy doing the most. So overwhelmed entrepreneurs who – want their time back. They want to spend more time at home. They want to work smarter, not harder. It's my ideal client. Awesome. And is there a specific type uh, industry you want, you like to work in the best or a specific company size? I like working with online entrepreneurs because that's kind of where I'm at. But Seth, I dig into all different kinds of businesses. Solopreneurs, less than 10 people, are the ones that I really enjoy working with the most because they're not bogged down with um, a lot of the corporate stuff that happens when you get too big. Uh, the solopreneurs, the, the small, the smaller facilities, they have complete autonomy over what they can do and their decisions. Those are the ones I really like working with. Now, I'll go into like an other organization. I'll present on productivity and help staff get more efficient, but when it comes to having clients that I can work with and dig deep in, I like, I like working with the small organizations. But no specific... Um, and although it's kind of bubbling to the surface, I, I keep saying that phrase, I apologize, but it, it start, it's organically, I seem to be drawing more towards uh, people that are in the consulting world. But that's not what, by, by design. What are some of the most common mistakes you see entrepreneurs making when trying to do so much? That's just what you just said. They, they're trying to do so much. You know, you can do anything you want as an entrepreneur. You have the freedom, autonomy to do that, but you can't do everything. And the common mistake is you're you're trying to do it all. You're working your 80, 95 hours per week, and you're not getting help quick enough. I think there's a, a certain season where you need to learn how to do most things to set up your own systems and processes to know what works. But then once you figure that out, if you're not doing work that is the greatest value for what you can put into it. If you're not the only person that can do that particular work, 
you've got to go through the exercise and figure out how you can delegate that work, delete it, or automate it for sure. So asking really good questions, understanding how processes work, and getting outside of yourself, outside of your own world to figure out how you can stop doing the things that don't light you up, that's key to productivity. What are some of the most common recommendations you make? Are there software programs you help implement? Are there apps or strategies that you use to help people be more productive? Yeah, the biggest app, the most effective app that I've found, Seth, is tracking your time. So I use A-TimeLogger, too. It's a really, really simple task that our app, and you can set up your categories, your buckets of time, however you feel like you're spending time. You set up, customize it however you want, and then you just click start. The the thing that's most effective for entrepreneurs that want to stop wasting their time, who want to stop wasting their time, is to figure out, one, what's your baseline? Like, how are you actually spending it now? You might think you're spending it a certain way, but when you actually track it to the minute for a few weeks, it's a game changer. It really opens your eyes. When I first started podcasting, Seth, I was spending 10 hours a week doing a weekly show with all in and that was with like the show notes and recording and setting up interviews. Like I tracked it to the nines and it came out to 10 hours a week when I first launched and through productivity process systems and setting all that stuff up. Now I'm doing two shows a week in less than two hours. So it's just that like you really got to dig in. That 80% difference with twice the productivity, 80% reduction in time and you doubled the productivity. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. And I have a VA that does a ton of work for me. I have uh, templates and things that I've created along the way to, to streamline it, and it's just – it's not that burden that it used to be anymore. I mean, my students just take me like three, four hours, and now they take me about 15 minutes to review. So it's it's pretty powerful when you really start digging into the stuff. That is absolutely incredible. Do you help entrepreneur, uh, company, uh, entrepreneurs build systems for – like in their business for getting things done – making sure who's doing what at the right time, following mm-hmm. up on that. Definitely, yeah. That's all part of the process. So it, it, you've got to dig in and get into the details of what people are really, really good at and then what they're bad at and trying to figure out how can you set up the, the infrastructure in the business to tackle those things that they're really not that, that good at. How can you offload that? So there, it, you, yeah, you dive into just uh, CRM-type stuff we can, we can talk about. Um, when you have a virtual team, that's one of my really strong points. Like I've in the process of turning over and outsourcing all my email, which might sound kind of strange because it's a really, really personal thing, but it's not as scary as some people would think that it needs to be. And it goes back to like, really, do you want to be spending your time dealing with other people's agendas all coming into your inbox and kind of letting that dictate your day? Or do you want to be deliberate with your time? And there's certain emails that I need to see, and there's certain ones that I really don't want to see, and there's other ones that maybe I want to see if it's the right time and season for where I'm at in my business. So there's there's a lot of criteria that I've spent a lot of hours digging through and processing my email and try to get a feel for how do I think? Like what am I doing with this information and why? Asking myself the question, the most powerful question somebody can ask about email is if you had a gun to your head, and you had to turn this over to a VA, what information would they need to be able to successfully execute whatever piece of work that email brought? So asking those really critical questions, why is this important to me and why am I the only one that can handle it? And then that that follow-up question of, if I need to turn this over, how would I do it? Those three questions are just so powerful to get get that out of your, (laughs) get like the email problem away. So there's all those little, little things that you can do 
to make the most effective use of your time. And, and ultimately, I mean, my goal is to get entrepreneurs to work in a normal, a normal work week. And some, that might be less than 40 hours. That is an absolutely incredible goal. What is the best advice you've ever gotten? surround myself with entrepreneurs. I side hustled for five years, spinning my wheels, not knowing anything. I was getting all my information from books and stuff, which was great, but there's nothing like surrounding yourself with people who think like you. When you're an employee in corporate, as I was for 14 years, they just people just don't get it, and you end up kind of getting this mode where you have all these great ideas, and people like to talk about them, but at the end of the day, I got in a position where I felt like I was defending what I wanted to do because I really was hanging out with people that just didn't just didn't understand. So the getting around like minded entrepreneurs was the most powerful thing that I did and that's what really started opening the doors for me and finding different opportunities. That makes I mean that's good advice. What are some uh you've achieved great results for so many of your clients. Can you give us an example of a recent client, what they came to you for and how you're able to help them and what the results were? Definitely. I've helped um uh, a most recently, one of my recent clients came to me and had a baby six months ago. So this kind of ties in the, the work and the home life sort of thing. And she was really catching fire with her uh, wine business. She was going to events. She was doing like entertainment type stuff and doing wine tasting events. That was kind of her thing. So I've recently been working with her on transitioning that to um, to an online wine event sort of thing where her whole goal is to bring communities together through wine. She really is just always been fascinated with wine pairing and food and that kind of thing. But she couldn't take the time away from the family anymore during the evenings with the baby at home. So asking a series of questions like, what, why are you doing, why do you like this business? Why is it important to you? And how do you envision spending your life? How do, how do you want this to look? And then all it takes after you like, really understand why you're doing what you're doing and how you envision your life going, then it's just a matter of like an, for an engineer putting the pieces together to to support that lifestyle. So we're in the process of trans, transitioning her online and she's getting a lot of great buzz. And it's just, it's really cool to see, to see someone like her light up doing something she loves and doing it on her terms. That is awesome. You mentioned books. What are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work? Well, I can go to the classic like productivity books. Um, David Allen's Getting Things Done was a was a game changer. Um, the One Thing, that book changed my life, but more than I ever imagined it would because you get into the, like the laser focus, like the eighty twenty principle, which I talk about all the time. Then I read that book and it's like that's the eighty twenty principle on freaking steroids, right? So like it really was able to to harness the power of just focusing on one thing at a time. And that's really what I bring to my clients now. It's like, let's just cut out all the waste. We'll find a way that you can balance that stuff and then execute until it's finished. Execute the one important thing, the game changer, until it's done. And that's the key to productivity because it's not about checking things off your list all day because you could be checking off all the wrong things. And who wants that? So figuring out what that game changer is. The one thing was um, just an awesome, incredible experience for me. Um, and, you know, it's not really a book, Seth, but journaling for me, like the five-minute journal changed my life as well because it really gave me in the, the habit, developed the habit of of reflecting on my day, thinking about what makes today great. That's something I never did before. So those resources, I guess, would be my, my off-the-cuff answer to that question. Great recommendations. What 
Um, how did you start the podcast? What prompted that? Hmm. Yeah, the podcast was something where I had always been kind of monkeying around with videos when I was in my corporate world. Like, you remember Movember? I think it's still going on where guys grow mustaches and yes. supportive men's health. I went, like, nuts during Movember putting together stupid videos and taking a, my phone around the, the company and filming people and just ridiculous videos, editing. I really liked that whole production process. As an engineer, it was just so foreign to everything that I did that it, it really lit, lit me up and got I got me the wheels turning as far as, like, being sort of a – uh, a host, um, like a public figure kind of persona. And I got behind the microphone and I felt like it was really, really natural. And I had a message to get out as far as, Hey, I really want to help you get your time back. Like it's possible. You don't have to be working as much. I wanted to get that message out. And I figured the quickest way that I could get it out was, was via podcasting. So I just gave it a, a whirl and being in Tampa, um, there's a guy named Chris Kermitzos who's putting together a documentary right now called the messengers. And I've been grateful and just humble to be part of that documentary. Well, he's trying to create this podcasting hub in Tampa, and he's he's producing all kinds of um, fantastic podcasters out of this area. So seeing what he was doing, it just felt like a really, really good fit to start the Make It Snappy Productivity Show. And the fact that I'm Nick Snap, I mean, it's everything snappy, man. I can't get away from it. Awesome, Brandon. Great show. Um, what else do you want to share that I didn't think to ask you? Well, I would just encourage your listeners to think about, from a productivity perspective, how can you eliminate decision fatigue? Because that's what really wears people out when you're when you're trying to be productive and you're trying to be deliberate with your time. If you haven't taken the time in advance, and I recommend doing it the night before Seth, to plan your day, plan how you're going to spend it hour by hour. You're not going to execute hour by hour. I never do. But I have a plan, and when I when I go to the plan and I decide that I'm going to go work on something else or I get distracted or something like that, I'm very conscious. I'm very aware of it. So when I get up in the morning, I can just execute. I know if, I, if I'm creating content, exactly what I'm going to write. Um, if I have a project that I'm working on, I know how long I want to spend on it, and I can just execute without having to think about my day. So I'd recommend for your listeners the night before, plan your day in advance, just spend – Maybe even 10 minutes will get you pretty far. Think about what you want to get done, and then you can just wake up and feel fresh and, and go get it done. Um, other than that, I'd, I'd love for your listeners, if they're interested in more of these, these productivity tips and connecting with me, to, to check out the, the Facebook group. I have a Facebook group called uh, Productivity on Purpose, and if they want to request in, they could just text the word ACCOUNTABLE to 44222. 44222, the word ACCOUNTABLE. That's it, man. Awesome. We will put that in the show notes. Nick Snap, thank you so much for joining us. Please go to MakeItSnappyShow.com as well um, to consume all things Nick. Nick, everybody, we thank you for listening. Nick, thank you so much for your very valuable time. You're welcome, Seth. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world, and I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to takethe500challenge.com. That's www.takethe500challenge.com. 
Com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>